0: rhh10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com amazing jane ship around the world so please check their website for details hi there today we'd like to share with you our ideas on how to keep yourself fit and healthy in the three to four weeks before your next big race Looking after our immune health and energy production cycle will help protect against any last minute everyday infections and also will help you bounce back from minor injuries so that you can enjoy your race day without anything derailing your plans. We hope that you'll find today's tips and suggestions really helpful in your preparation for your next big race. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance, and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub.
1: everyone I'm Karen and I'm here with Aileen as always and our topic today is fine-tuning food and lifestyle before a race and we'll be focusing on keeping you fit and keeping you healthy in those three to four weeks leading up to race day but before we get started I'd like to welcome back our regular listeners and if you are listening for the first time a really warm welcome to you and we really do hope that you enjoy this episode and all the other before that we've done and the many to follow as well. Now Aileen and I really enjoy podcasting and we also really love it when we hear from you and hear your story so please do drop us a line at hello at runnershealthhub.com, introduce yourself and maybe share a little bit about your running and your nutrition goals because that really helps us to plan future topics for the podcast so that it's focused on your needs. Now, we do also have some free downloadable eBooks at our website, which is run as Just look at the top menu bar, for the the free nutrition guides and scroll down and you'll find various ones there. Now the most popular one seems to be top running snacks and nutrient timing and that can really help you fuel your running and that goes alongside much of the advice that we share in our episodes so we really hope it helps you. Okay so let's get started and hello to you Aileen. Hi Karen, hi everyone. Okay, Aileen, so I just wanted to ask, first of all, why you chose this topic for discussion today. Well, I
0: decided uh, that this would be a good topic to discuss because often I think that runners think about their race day food plan, uh, and that might include the week leading up to the race, which is great, um, but there's often uh, benefits to be had by, by fine-tuning food and lifestyle in the three to four weeks leading up to a race, and mostly I think it's taken a protective approach, um, and especially if you've been training for an important event, um you want to perform at your best on the day and the last thing you want is for your preparations to be derailed by illness or infections or injuries or low energy. So I think taking an opt, uh, an opportunity in that three to four week window um, gives you an opportunity to optimize your nutritional status and your rest and recovery in the lead up to the race and that's going to help you bounce back quicker if you're unfortunate enough to catch a cold get through poisoning have a minor injury I mean we've all heard of these things that have happened to people and it you know it throws you off off your training plan and it sort of messes with your head really about how you're going to do on the day so we as you said earlier Karen we just want everyone on the start line full of zest and ready to perform at their best Mm -hmm. um and the other thing that I was thinking about is often runners will taper their training before an event. So it, it gives us a, a really good opportunity during this period. It's a sort of an ideal time to focus on optimising food and lifestyle when maybe, um, you know, the training volume is uh, tapered down uh, to let you get ready for the race.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Aileen, because you are tapering, you're running, you've got more time to focus on taking care of your health through your nutrition, through your lifestyle to help you get to the start line in the best possible place. And it is a really important phase of that pre-race preparation. So I think you'll have got everyone's attention here, Aileen. So, so um, maybe you could move on and tell us what we're going to discuss today.
0: OK, so there's the three things that uh, we're going to focus on today. The first one is building nutritional resilience. And that's really with an aim to support our immune system and our energy production cycle. Uh, then we're going to move on to think about how optimising rest and sleep and minimising stress will support you. And then finally, we'll look at what to add in and what to take out in the three to four weeks leading up to race day.
1: It mm, all sounds great, Aileen. So really, if you want to avoid any last minute immune or energy drains disrupting your race plan, then this is going to be a really great episode for you. So Aileen, from there, shall we start with nutritional resilience? And maybe could you tell us a bit more about that?
0: Yeah, well, resilience as a, a term alone, it really describes the process and, and the outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging experiences or or the ability to be able to cope under pressure. And a person who copes well under pressure is, is resilient. So when we're thinking about nutritional resilience, it's about being overall a fit and healthy person with an optimal nutrient status so that, you know, when the immune system is responding to deal with an, an infection or an injury, that it has all the nutritional tools available to do the job. So, you know, when I think about my, myself in the three to four weeks leading up to a race, my focus is on feeding my immune system. And uh, and I'll also consider the nutrients that are required by the energy production cycle too. So those are my my two main focuses.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting. So just to summarise that, your approach is to make sure that you support both your immune health and that energy production with everything both systems need. And if the worst happens and you do get ill or stressed, then you're going to have that nutritional resilience, as you call it, to deal with it. Is that right?
0: yeah, that's exactly right. It's uh, it's about being prepared and sort of just having all the tools in the armory just in case. And, you know, life gets in the way, doesn't it? And things happen that you haven't planned. Um, and I think what, what happens when you're in those situations is the body will prioritise whatever's important. So if dealing with a stressful event or an accumulation of stress or an illness or an injury or an infection, um, the, the immune system or your body will, will prioritize dealing with that over other functions. So I always think about having a nutrient pool of vitamins and minerals and also macronutrients too and they'll be used to support healing and recovery. So it's really important to have an optimal nutrient status to deal with the things that life throws at us, as well as being able to sustain your training. And then you'll be able to, your body will be able to draw on that pool of nutrients to do the job.
1: Yeah. And what we always talk about um, linked to that is, is those nutritional foundations and those foundations being eating regularly, eating protein at every meal, but also having a balanced plate at every meal. So for everyday nutrition and adapting your plate for the different levels of training, and then that balanced plate to include eating a rainbow of vegetables and fruit every week. So what what thinking about that alien what would you suggest people should do over and above these nutritional foundations to um to support them being in the best place before a race in the weeks before a race.
0: Uh well one of the things that I think is really important and you mentioned uh vegetables and fruit there Karen and I really think that that could be an area that people really well, I would describe as maxing out in that area. So giving a lot of attention to the vegetables and fruit that you eat. So making sure that you you do live up to that half a plate of vegetables at, at each meal. So having seven to nine portions a day and having all the variety and colours that y- you require, And um, that's going to make sure that you've got the widest range of vitamins and minerals to support your immune system. And I know that you know, on a week to week basis, we all aim to do that, but do we actually do it to the best of our ability? So, you know, during that sort of three to four week period, it would be a really great thing to focus on. And and I always encourage people to aim for 30 different varieties over a week. Um, and it's quite an easy thing to achieve. It just takes a little bit of focus. Um, and then the other thing that I would focus on is Thinking about the nutrients that you require to promote energy. So the particular ones um, I'm thinking about are vitamin C, all the B vitamins and also magnesium. Now, you know, I'm sure people will have heard us talking about the fact that just being a runner, that you have a potential to be low in these nutrients because they do tend to get depleted uh, due to stress, and, and remember, endurance running is a stressor, uh, as well as you know, we all have experience of everyday living stresses too. So you know, we have got a potential to be depleted. So it's really important to keep the the levels of these um, vitamins and minerals uh, to be mm-hmm. as, as as topped up and as high as possible.
1: Yeah, definitely. And thinking about the different foods to, to include. So vitamin C foods, uh, would be, uh, dark green leafy vegetables, also cruciferous vegetables, citrus fruits, berries, also bell peppers. And um and and there are many more and we'll we will put a list in the show notes for you so that it's um easy reference. Um, and also thinking about the B vitamins they're found in whole grains, in legumes, so that's your um beans, peas, lentils, um nuts and seeds, but also in meat and poultry eggs as well, and in some dairy. And um, also green vegetables, bananas, avocados, citrus fruits. I could go on and on. You know there are so many foods that contain these vital um, these vital nutrients. So, Aileen, I hope you don't mind me um, sharing. I think you have shared before. You had a you had a bit of a B vitamin depletion recently. Uh, I just wondered if you were willing to um, tell us about that that period.
0: Yeah, certainly. Um, so very briefly, I had, well, I actually had a series of viral infections over the last year. And um, bit by bit, um, it has a, a, an impact, quite a severe impact. And it, it appeared to alter my metabolism and it resulted in quite severe depletion in the whole range of B vitamins. And that manifested as, uh, you know, I was exhausted and really, really low, never been so tired in my life. Um, And I did some uh, functional screening test and it really identified my nutrient status in many different areas. But it particularly highlighted that I was really running on empty when it came to folate, B12 and other B vitamins. And it was quite shocking, really. And it was so low that, food alone wasn't enough to correct the problem and you know to be fair I eat a pretty healthy diet as you would imagine so I was already eating all of these foods and um, you know I needed to uh, take a therapeutic dose of of B vitamins Um, and I'm I'm glad to say that you know in a fairly short space of time in sort of four or five weeks it's improved how I function on a day-to-day basis and I'll have to take them for you know a few weeks longer till I get till I get back to a a balanced situation, and you know I know Karen and I you know we always have a food first approach, but it it just demonstrates that there are all always instances where a professional supplement plan is required uh to get you back into balance.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it also demonstrates that it can happen to anybody um, at any time. You know, you do have a healthy um, diet generally, and you're a nutritional therapist, but it can still happen and, and can creep up on you sometimes as well, and you're not really aware of of how severe or why it's happening. So, what I would say to everybody is, if if you do feel that you might need help investigating a, a health issue which is affecting your everyday life as well as you're running, then please do book a complimentary call with us and we can advise you on the best way forward, which might include working professionally with us and looking at testing, looking at supplements as well, if that if that is deemed necessary. Okay, so let's move on to magnesium aileen. Okay, so there's lots of ways that you
0: can get um, magnesium from your food. Um, I think probably if we tested our listeners, they'd all know the answers to these questions, Karen, because we're always talking about them. So the first one is green leafy vegetables. So anything like spinach, kale, Swiss chard, all of the green leafy vegetables are rich in magnesium. And you also get magnesium in nuts and seeds. So uh, I'm thinking almonds, cashews, Brazil nuts, pumpkin seeds are all all great sources. Um, Now, something that people might not have thought about is using um, or eating sea vegetables. So things like kelp and nori are are really good uh, sources of magnesium. And you can buy these in sort of flakes that you can sprinkle over salads and maybe fish dishes. And, um, you know, one of the things that Karen and I were nibbling away at when we were away recently was the seaweed uh, wafers, which you can buy as a snack pack. They're really lovely. And um, you can get um there's a couple of really nice brands. Clear Spring do a nice one in it, too, also. Um now, you can also get magnesium in whole grains. So, oats and buckwheat are good sources. And for all you chocoholics out there, dark chocolate is also a rich source of magnesium too. So, you can get um, you know, quite a high amount of magnesium. So, 64 milligrams of magnesium in a small piece of dark chocolate. So, a, a square that would be either, you know, around about 28 grams or an ounce of of chocolate would give you that amount of magnesium, which would equate to 16% of the recommended daily intake of magnesium. And uh, just to remind you, if you are choosing dark chocolate, remember to get uh, one that's high in cacao. So over 70% uh, cacao content would be really important. So uh, lots of opportunities to get your
1: magnesium in. Yeah, absolutely. Alien. So we've spoken about nutrients for both, for supporting both the immune system and energy production. Are there any other key nutrients linked to the immune system, Alien, that you would want to, to mention here? Yeah, I think the the one that is
0: like the number one would be vitamin D status. And I think that that's probably one that people are a bit more aware of because it was talked about so much uh, during uh, the COVID pandemic. And um, interestingly, that was another area that I've had to correct. And I was quite surprised that I was so low because I had been supplementing over the winter and I do test, you know, at least twice a year, um, but you know, I, I suppose it just reminded me that when your body is sort of uh, responding, shall we say, to a problem, um, it will use up uh, the stores. And in my case, um, it used up a lot of my vitamin D stores um, because I was I was fighting off a viral infection, and uh, and I needed to top up. And that's so that's been another area that I've focused on so don't let that one it's a simple one to test for and it's an easy one to correct Um, so what I tend to do in the weeks leading up to uh, a race or or indeed any time that I'm maybe under pressure or if I know I'm about to do uh, a long distance travel trip Then what I'll also do is add a good quality multivitamin, um, which is maybe formulated to support immune health. So one of my favourites is um, a supplement called Immunity and it's produced by We Are Feel. And that contains vitamin D, zinc, um, beta glucans and some other herbal uh, extracts. And that is a a sort of a good all round support to the immune system. And I think just by having something like that, it just Gives me that little bit of extra protection if I feel, feel as though I'm going to be under pressure. Uh, so, if anybody's interested in trying that out, um, we have a special discount code. Um, so, you can find um, all about We Are Feel on our website um, at the shop uh, page. And the discount code is Partner20, so Partner20. And that'll give you 20% off your first month of. Uh, field subscription products, um which excludes the bundles. Um so uh try them out and see if it if it's
1: helpful for you. Mm, definitely. Okay, so I think just to summarize what you have told us already, Eileen, and we've discussed is really the key in those weeks leading up to um, the a race event is to consider which foods and nutrients are important for energy but also immune health, and to really try and optimize these um, nutrients in those um, in those times now we 'll talk later about. Food which might suppress the immune system and energy production. But for now, let's talk about how optimizing rest and sleep um, and minimizing stress might support you. So, Aileen, what 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 would you say there? Well, I think my
0: my opening would be to say a little bit similar to what we said at the beginning, Karen, is that that three to four week window just gives you a really good opportunity to support and nurture yourself, not only with food, but also to dedicate a bit of quality time to rest and sleep mm-hmm. um
1: you, was that something you would agree with karen yeah definitely alien and we have uh, talked in the past about the performance triangle in 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 several um episodes actually uh, where really it's about giving equal priority two um two different aspects of um training so one being training itself the other being nutrition and also the third being rest and um and another part a really important part of that rest um a part of the triangle is having good quality sleep so And what we also uh, say is that if one aspect of the triangle is neglected, it could cause the other two to suffer as well. So they all do need to be in balance and give and be given the same amount of attention. So, for example, if you were concentrating on your training, which a lot of people do, um, and that is to the detriment of, say, your sleep, it could lead to deterioration in sleep quality, which could lead to the development of an injury and illness and potentially overtraining syndrome. And also neglecting our sleep could lead to many different outcomes that could hurt our running and our exercise performance. So it is really important to think about all the three aspects of that performance triangle. Yeah, I love the performance triangle because it's
0: such a simple concept to think about it being equal and uh, it it sort of um, brings it to everybody's attention. And as you say, sleep is really vital and it's an important part of that. Uh, rest and recovery process and i always think it's helpful to think of some reasons why why sleep would be so important um so you know when we're thinking about how it will um, support our, our running or how poor sleep won't support our running so one of the things that um Poor sleep can uh, result in its impaired glycogen repletion, and as we all know, optimal glycogen stores are essential um, for a runner so that you were fuel correctly. Um, it can also lead to decreased muscle synthesis. So, again, if if that's not working correctly, um, then we might not be developing the lean muscle that we require for strength and power. And also it can lead to poor muscle recovery, which could lead to an increase of um, risk of injury. And the other thing, which I, I suppose is obvious, but, you know, when you're tired, you tend to have a poor cognitive function. You know, you're not thinking straight and that can lead to slow reaction time, poor judgment and decision making, which, again, you know, can impact on how we perform when we're, we're training. So. Um, lots of good reasons to um, make sure our sleep is is part of our our uh, process.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think just to add to that, Aileen, if if we have poor sleep and we're tired, like you say, it can also lead to poor food choices. You know that feeling when you've you've had a bad night's sleep and you just seem to eat all the wrong foods and drinks the following day. It's almost like you're compensating for this poor sleep. And I think this poor sleep and poor food choices could then affect insulin sensitivity therefore affect our ability to replenish our glycogen stores following exercise, as well as affect the body's ability to synthesize muscle protein, so that MPS. Now, it can be a bit of a vicious, vicious circle because, you know, the types of food uh, poor sleep drives it it drives us towards um things like the high sugar foods and the caffeine and um that can all be the ones which then contribute to that disturbed sleeping pattern so um it does become a bit of a of a vicious circle so and it's trying to break that cycle
0: yeah, there's nothing worse, is there? I mean, you can just, mm-hmm. even as you were saying that, you know, you get thrown back to the last time that you had a bad night's sleep and all the terrible things you did the next day to try to compensate. And it's a horrible feeling. That's um hard. So, you know, nobody wants to have poor quality sleep. So if it is a problem for you, um, please check out some of our previous episodes because we, we have covered the topic in a bit more depth and we've given um, examples of and tips of how you can support yourself. So uh, the episodes to look out for are episode 13, which is Sleep Essentials, episodes 33, which talks about food for sleep, so foods that will actually encourage sleep. And episode 50, which is called Eat, Sleep, Run, um, which goes into uh, some of the things that we've talked about here in a bit more depth.
1: Yeah, so lots of information out there for you. So now let's talk a little bit about stress. And being an endurance runner does put you in a state of stress. So it is important to include, and we always emphasise the importance of a full rest day as part of your training schedule. And also to consider what else is going on in your life, which may be adding um, to the stress. What other stresses are there? And these stresses could be physical, emotional, emotional, social, lifestyle, environmental. and um, There are lots of different types of stresses. Now, stress really is a huge topic, but the important thing I think to consider is that any type of stress, chronic and acute stress, will suppress your immune system and deplete you of important nutrients for the energy cycle and for the immune system and immune support. So, Everything you do to lighten your life load and to add that restorative rest and restorative sleep will support your overall health enormously. So something to bear in mind. Yeah, you, you know, you
0: don't want to be um, putting all this good stuff into your body and then finding that stress and, and poor sleep is is depleting it. or oh, It's just sort of a bit... Um, counterproductive really isn't it mm-hmm. um, so we we talked about um, this topic in episode 19 uh, which was um, all about how high stress can lead to poor running performance and, and poor life performance let's face it um, now, now some stresses are outside of our control um, and it's important to acknowledge the ones that are within our control and, and to try and address them because you know, it, you you can influence uh, some aspects of your life. And if you minimize or eliminate this sort of controllable stress, then it will help the body deal with the stresses outside of our control. So it's all about sort of deciding which are priorities and, and, and what areas you can influence in whatever way. Um, and also, I think it's really important to think about making time for regular De-stressing activities because that helps balance the adrenal hormones. So, just simple things like taking short, easy, sort of five to ten minute breaks throughout the day and doing something that just brings you back into balance. So maybe doing some breath work or or something enjoyable, anything that will calm you down and will help counteract the the levels of chronic stress. So, so that yeah, the two things there are. Deal with the things that are under your control and, um, and also do some de-stressing activities because both yeah. of those things will
1: help you. Yeah and something I've just started introducing alien after our discussions in Spain um is just every every hour or so I'll get up and I'll just do three sun salutations I have my mat laid out so that um so that I, I I I do it and um I just do three sun salutations and then come back to work and I find that that just really helps calm de-stress and and focus as well.
0: Yeah, yeah that's a really great idea. The other thing that we did when we were away was at the end of the workday because we do get quite hyped up don't we Karen we get <laughs> quite intense so at the end of the workday, we were having a little um a little meditation um mm. for a few minutes and it just like helps you pack away everything you've been thinking about and yes. it was quite a nice thing to do so um yeah Definitely. it's always good to introduce we re-
1: bring these things home with you and uh, try them out at home Exactly. Continue doing them once you're back home. So from that, our message really is to uh, start investing in rest and in good quality sleep um, regularly, but definitely in the lead up to your race. And if at all possible, lighten your stress load as much as you can. So thinking about the stresses that are within your control and focusing on them. Okay, Aileen, so shall we just have a short advert break now before we move on
0: yes of course so uh, this is the moment in the episode where karen and i just take a minute to share with you what we do outside the podcast and um we've been talking a bit about um you know supplements and how they might support you so I thought I would just share with you um, a service that we offer uh, which is a supplement review so as nutritional therapists Karen and I recommend reviewing your supplement plan if you have one every three months um, if you don't have one we, we equally can help you put one together um, and it's important to remember that supplements as their name suggests are there to supplement your food plan and your nutrition nutrient status. And some supplements are great as a foundation and safe to take consistently, and others might have served their purpose in bridging the gap. And maybe after three months you don't require them. Um, so it's really important to um review your supplements regularly and not just keep taking them because somebody told you five years ago it was a good idea. Uh, I often get clients who turn up with supplements that they've been taking for years and years and they're not really necessary anymore. so we'd like to uh, offer some help if you if you need some expert help. Um, and if you do, you might want to consider booking a supplement review with Karen or I. And it's really like a little mini consultation. So we have a quick assessment of your health and running goals. We look at your current medication and your current supplements. And it's all done in a 30 minute Zoom consultation. You fill out a little questionnaire beforehand. Um, following the consultation we'll send you a written supplement plan with suggestions of brands and also therapeutic doses. And um, and then you you have a 15-minute follow-up uh, review check-in call, um, usually a few weeks after you've started taking supplements to make sure that everything's going to plan for you. Uh, and we also will share with you um, a 10% discount at one of our um, suppliers, where it's a it's sort of a one-stop shop and you can get a full range of different brands there. So if you're interested, Uh, you can book um, this supplement review via our website which is runnershealthup.com look at work with us um, and you'll see the drop down menu which will say supplement review so the fee for this service is 149 pounds and you know it's it's well worth uh, the investment and um, perhaps you might consider doing this in optimizing your nutritional status before a race ideally Book a few weeks in advance of your race and that will help you get the best results for your supplements it's not sort of not the kind of thing you would do one or two weeks before uh, so try and uh, plan it into your whole race plan Um, so we'd love to hear from you if it's something that would be of
1: interest to you. Yes, definitely do get in touch with us. So thanks for that, Aileen. Now let's focus on what to add in and take out of, um, of your food and lifestyle in the three to four weeks leading up to your next race. So we've already talked about minimising stress um, and a couple of other things which potentially might suppress your immune system, um, including alcohol and poor quality of food. Now, we'd really suggest minimising alcohol. You know, consider your socialising and how much alcohol you are drinking every week, but especially around your long training runs or your intensive training sessions as well. Now, again, we did do an episode dedicated to um, alcohol and running that's episode 57 and it's titled alcohol and running is it okay which is a great question and the main reason for minimizing your alcohol intake now is that that alcohol consumption might suppress your immune system so potentially leaving you open to minor illnesses and or infection now everybody must make their own judgments around this but for me i would never drink before a training run and um and and also i wouldn't be drinking in these critical weeks uh, leading up to a race um i just have um i just drink alcohol on one day a week and even depending on what the race is, I wouldn't have any alcohol in the few weeks leading up to certainly a marathon or an ultra, so that would be my strategy.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's, uh, as you say, it's everybody's in- individual yeah. decision, but, you know, it's like if it's something that's really important to you, then it's probably worth the sacrifice, um, you know, and it might feel like a sacrifice to some people, um, but, you know, it's one worth making. Um, so what I would say is if you if you're somebody that does drink alcohol on an everyday basis, maybe the way to approach it is to add in some alcohol free days uh, and maybe increase the number of days each week. So, you know, if you've not thought about it before, um, maybe, you know, week four before the race, you you knock a couple of days where you're not having alcohol and then you increase it week by week so that, you know, nearer the race, you've got more alcohol free days. Um, so that that's a way of thinking about it and the the other thing that you mentioned Karen was minimizing poor quality food and um, and i think there what we're thinking about is where people are maybe eating high volumes of processed foods or junk food or takeaways and you know the flip side of that is eating good quality fresh food will just increase your opportunity to have the best nutrition possible from your food. Now I think lots of people tend to eat you know, the poor quality food choices because they are quick and convenient. And perhaps, you know, they're sometimes seen as a bit of a family treat, particularly at weekends. You know, a lot of people will sort of say, oh, well, we always have a a takeaway on a Friday night or or something like that. And I think if it is a treat, then perhaps um, have a similar approach to the non-alcohol days and pick one meal a week where you enjoy your favourite takeaway meal and Not make it sort of two or three times a week. Um, And if you're using processed foods, if your choice is because it's convenient, then you might want to consider buying fresh, prepared, ready meals, which can be popped into the oven. And and usually they're made with fresh, healthy ingredients. Whereas processed foods are often made in factories, they're high in chemicals and additives and tend to be low in nutrients. so, again, it's all about doing the best you can. Um, you know, you don't have to be perfect, but the more opportunities that you can take to have good quality food, um, the better it's going to be for you. So whatever choices you can make, uh, bearing that in mind is going to help you.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really true, Aileen. I like your approach in that it's about doing the best that you can. You know, you don't have to be perfect. There is no perfect. Um, it's just making the best choices. And um, and you've just given some really good ideas of of easy swaps really that people could potentially think about in those weeks leading up to their to their race. Now, Aileen, do you have any last minute thoughts? Um that you would like to share with everybody before we complete our conversation today
0: yeah well my advice is just to be prepared for any eventuality um so one of the things that you might want to do is have some nutritional supplements in stock at home in particular to help you minimize the effects of a cold because you know that can come from nowhere and uh if you if you can sort of uh, deal with it quickly it can help you recover quickly and get back to training quickly so my personal preference is uh, using echinacea and also vitamin c and um often you know I, I get some you know I just get a sign that I feel a bit tired and I think what, well, what's going on here and it's often a sign that an infection is brewing um and you know that feeling when you're super tired but you don't know why and for me that's a sign that my immune system's working hard and sometimes it takes a few hours for me to recognize that but then I think oh yeah that's what's going on um so and another sign that I sometimes everybody also has a weakness. Mine is a sore throat. So if I get that little tingle in my throat, I think, oh no, here we go. Um, so when that happens, I immediately take echinacea and very high doses of vitamin C. And often by taking these supplements regularly over a few days, I can I can sort of stop a full blown cold. I might get some symptoms, but they're more manageable. Um, and also, you know, I'd never travel anywhere without those kind of supplements in my suitcase. So I'm, I'm sort of ready, uh, ready for anything. And, um, you know, I can put those sort of suggestions in the show notes too. And the other thing, um, which is a bit top of mind for me at the moment, is being prepared uh, with having sort of what I would call my nutritional first aid kit. Um, and that's to be able to, very quickly deal with any sort of minor injury that I might pick up. Um, So in particular, um, I would be having some turmeric, some omega-3 fish oils, vitamin C, which we've already mentioned, maybe a collagen supplement and focusing on protein-rich foods or or maybe adding an extra protein shake into my, my food plan. And that would just mean that, you know, if I did do something that was in the lead up to a race and I was trying to deal with it quickly. I don't have to think, oh, I've got to order all these things. I've already got them there and it's, it's ready. Um, and we did do an episode on that, Karen, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, actually, I think it was more like the beginning of the year. It was episode 122 and it was all about these nutrients that you could have in your nutritional first aid kit. So, so yeah, that's my final two uh, bits of advice. Be
1: prepared. Yeah, I think you've shared some great top tips for um, people to think about, Aileen, and handy hints on on being prepared for any eventuality uh, regarding nutrition to support the immune system, to support energy as well. So I think we'll probably have to round up um, now, Aileen, but before we go, could you maybe just give your key takeaways from this episode?
0: Yes, of course. So, um, the focus really is on eating healthy nutrition foods um, in the three to four weeks leading up to your race and maximising on the full spectrum of, of vitamins and minerals by eating a wide variety of vegetables and fruit. Um Check out our show notes because we'll list all the sources of vitamin C, B, vitamins and magnesium. And remember that these um, minerals and and vitamins tend to get depleted in the cases of chronic stress and that might impact on immune health and energy production. Uh, Remember to invest in good quality sleep and rest and keep your social calendar light on commitments in those sort of three to four weeks uh, leading up to a race. Uh, minimize alcohol and junk food the best that you can empty your stress bucket regularly so eliminate any stresses within your control and remember to have de-stressing breaks and activities which will help balance stress hormones and finally uh, consider a supportive supplement plan and have some essential nutrients at hand just in case you have to deal with a seasonal cold or a minor injury and i think that would be it karen
1: Great, Aileen. I like your takeaway. So thanks for that. And we do hope that our conversation will help um, you all today to make the weeks leading up to your next race as supportive as possible for your running goals. Now, we do have many other episodes to support you in the week leading up to the race day. So please get in touch if you'd like us to direct you to any of them. And best of luck to all of you who um, are going to be racing in the near future or even the far future whatever your next race is and remember everyone don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance
0: well this brings us to the end of another episode of she runs eats performs brought to you by runners health hub helping female runners to be fitter faster and stronger we really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And Once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now.